When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, there's talk of Io being the best player of all time. Thanks, Lauren Tate, for that. Talk of Kofi developing into a NBA draft pick. Scott Ritchie, our basketball beat writer, is infatuated with a certain reserve who continues to put up solid numbers. Andre Corbello has been great, and he's still going to come off the bench. All right, Ritchie will explain that strategy in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money radio show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia's. Good Monday morning, everyone. Jim Rosso, Vice President of News at the News Gazette, back in the presence of Scott Ritchie, who, as uh, you know, spent last week in Eureka, but he's back in Champaign-Urbana. Thank you, Scotty, for returning. Well, I pretty much had to. There was a, a game over the weekend that I mm-hmm. had to be there. You don't have to be ever. at the games anymore, as we we're finding out. The, the play-by-play folks aren't ever at the games anymore. That's true. Um, I still prefer to be there when I can. And I could, so I went. Okay, there's no truth to the rumor that Richie was suspended for a week uh, for his shoddy AP Top 25 ballot or his prediction record. Those were just... I don't think there's anything wrong with either of those. Wild speculation from a... From you, creating things up as you go. Maybe. We'll see. We'll talk about Richie's AP Top 25, which he submitted what, late last night, right? You do it Sunday nights. I do it Sunday, just so all the games are played. And then you tease everybody on the Twitter on Monday mornings about your ballot, just to get the the uh, masses riled. Yeah, there's only one riling today, and okay. it was the fact that I still had Kansas um, at number five. That's wrong. Well, all right, that's their second loss, and they they got spanked by the Shakas. Uh, the Longhorns, in fact, of Texas, uh, well, which I had Texas ahead of them, so I don't see what the problem was. Well, you, like I said, it was their second loss. Yeah, well, Kansas, they're sixth in the final poll, so me having them at five is not 
totally outrageous. And I still, as I replied to this person who didn't get too upset with me, I still think Kansas is a top five team. And the teams I could have put in their stead at that fifth spot, I just didn't really feel like that was the way to go because Iowa wound up at number five. And I'm still not entirely sold on Iowa. Obviously, Luka Garza is very good. Obviously, Iowa you know, is very good offensively. But like the fact that they rarely play defense will eventually end their season before they want it to end. All right, probably the strangest Big Ten team in my mind right now is Minnesota, which if anybody watched the Illinois game a while back, they looked – like a coaching change about to happen, <laughs> right? It was that bad. Maybe at like halftime. Yeah. It, and it then all bad. of a sudden, uh, they've got transfers from Drake going all uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on on people. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing about that Illinois-Minnesota game is, like, Kofi Coburn neutralized Liam Robbins, who was the seven-foot Drake transfer you were speaking of. Just completely, I mean, Put two fouls on him early, sent him to the bench, and then you know, he came back in you know, in the second half, put another foul on him, and Lee Robbins did not want any of Kofi Coburn's smoke. And you know, Marcus Carr has been Minnesota's best player all season. Only you know locked him up essentially. I mean, he's a guy that can drop thirty points, you know, in a heartbeat. And you know, against Illinois, you know, he had. I mean, he had 16, but he took 13 shots and did most of his scoring at the free throw line. So, I mean, when those two guys have then, you know, kind of turned things around, uh, Gabe Kalsher has been a little better. He just maybe finally shooting like he's supposed to. And, you know, Minnesota's you know, picking up some wins. Beat Michigan State. Obviously, you know, lost at Wisconsin, which isn't, you know, terrible, of course. And then, you know, really drubbed Ohio State yeah. yesterday. Buckeyes did not look good. Uh, something remains a foul yeah, Ohio football State, school, I guess. Yeah, well, All right. apparently. and all, Well, always, to yeah. be honest. And Ohio State did drop out of the top 25. Thank today. goodness. Well, uh, before I let you go, uh, you're facing another week's suspension uh, with the news that you kept Northwestern in your top 25 after an <laughs> 0-2 week pair of uh, uh, double-digit losses. I know it's, you're going to say Iowa and Michigan are good. They but, are. But Northwestern looked like Northwestern of old last night. Oh, I mean, here's the thing, you know, about me still voting for Northwestern this week. Yes, they lost. Lost twice. But it was on the road in both games at teams that are now ranked as of 13 minutes ago at 11 a.m., number five and number 10 in the country. And, you know, a lot of other teams in the top 25 lost in the last mm. week. So that in itself was not a, a disqualifying event. More rumors this morning. Brad Underwood called you and said, keep Northwestern in your top 25. I want them to feel good about themselves heading into Thursday's showdown at Evanston. True or false? Was the coach texting you? Did well, he have influence? Well, false. I mean, certainly false. Uh, but, I mean, that's – I'd say Northwestern's still probably feeling pretty good about itself. I mean, no one would have assumed that they would, you know, be three and zero to start Big Ten play, beat the teams they did, and then I think everyone maybe would have assumed they would have lost their last two. So things are better in Evanston than anticipated, even after two losses. 
Should be an interesting hmm. game. The only unfortunate thing is it's a 8 p.m. tip. Yeah, don't uh, you can't bring that into the equation. Nobody cares. It's a beautiful time if you're a fan. Eight to ten. What else are you gonna do? It's the right. same thing you could be doing from like at seven no. or six. It's a beautiful time. Scott Ritchie and the photo editor Robin Scholes will be in Evanston. Okay. To document the, uh, love the arena now. Actually, I, I miss the old arena. I well, really do. People always complain. Oh, it was horrible. It was a great, great arena. Uh. Felt like I was back in Indiana high school. Yeah, because and it, that to me is there, greatness. There are Indiana high school gyms that are better. Sure, but than old the. Welsh Ryan oddity of it was uh, made it special plus the opposing team always brought like 7000 fans yeah especially i mean for illinois games there were i mean it was three quarters at least orange and blue um i mean it, the playing venue itself didn't change much what changed was everything else which needed it cuz like the concessions area bathrooms etc it's like you were in a dungeon listen to you getting all uppity i mean i like nice things unbelievable what's wrong with that Unbelievable. Scott Ritchie, the pride of Eureka, getting uppity. What do your friends think of you today? Um, a friend. Honestly, uh, like none of them live in Eureka anymore. <laughs> like we, we all moved away. All right, the top 25 again came out. Illinois uh, made a move up. Thanks to you putting them in number two. I did not have them number two. Um, they, they did move up three spots, though. Number 12. I had them at 13, so pretty standard. Um, but just just seven Big Ten teams ranked this week after nine a week ago. I mentioned Ohio State dropping out. Northwestern did drop out, even though I did vote for them. But uh, still got two in the top ten. Iowa five, Wisconsin eight. Actually, three in the top ten. Michigan. Michigan's ten. And as I sort of teased out my ballot this morning – I said the other people would vote Michigan higher, and they obviously did. I had them 15th. My reasoning being, yes, they're 9-0, but like their non-conference slate was fine. Their best win was, I mean, they didn't, didn't leave home. Their best win was Toledo. And like their first four Big Ten games maybe couldn't have been easier. I mean, it was, they beat Penn State, Nebraska, Maryland, Northwestern. As the Big Ten goes, that's quote-unquote easy because they've yet to play. Well, I mean, Northwestern was the first-ranked well, the first ranked opponent they'd played all season, actually, not just first-ranked Big Ten team. So we'll see. They play Minnesota on Wednesday, again at home. Um, but while they had an easier start to Big Ten play, and I won't say that it's like there's other conferences where things would be much easier. Uh, their last month is pretty tough. So we'll see if they can still be good by then. All right. All in all, Illinois is in good shape. One loss, Big Ten. Um, got a, a trip to Northwestern coming up. Then you got Maryland coming back into town. Not Not a horrific week ahead. No. And then... Next week is at Nebraska. Nebraska is the Big Ten outlier. Mm -hmm. Everybody walks into Pinnacle Bank Arena now and wins. That's seven and one. Keep going. And then home against Ohio State. Eight and one. Home against Penn State. Nine and one. At Michigan State. Ten and one. Maybe Michigan State's 
in a bad spot. Still ranked somehow. Ten and one. Uh, then home against Iowa. Oh, that's going to be a showdown. We've got a special. That'll be the one. Yeah. All right. What day is that, Scotty? January 29th. It's a Friday. Oh, that's but there's also, I mean. It's Friday, you said? Friday, January 29th. Really? Yeah, well, Big Ten games happen every day of the week. All right. Don't get smart with me. Don't give me that tone. Well, you seem surprised well, that they were playing on Friday. No one plays on Friday nights in the Big Ten. Well, Except now, football. Now they do. Every sport. Doesn't matter. That'd be a great atmosphere. Fans or no fans, you'll be bars or no bars. You have your own home bar. Yeah. Well, and just to get Demonte Williams and Connor McCaffrey on the same court together, yeah, we'll, we'll be nice. Well, if he's okay, he got hurt uh, Saturday's game, uh, banged up his leg, came in. I saw to make the key inbounds pass there at the end, then shuffled off the court. Heroic in nature. Mm-hmm. Let's <laughs> pump the brakes maybe a little bit <laughs> in terms of Connor McCaffrey's heroism. <laughs> You know, it's, that was a fun game to watch, I tell you, uh, the Rutgers-Iowa game. I'll give it uh, maybe a little more entertaining than, than Purdue-Illinois. Uh, yeah. It's free-flowing. I watched the end of Rutgers-Iowa at State Farm Center. I was already on site for the Illinois game. and uh, I mean, Rutgers blew it at the end. I mean, especially the, the possession, there were I think it's 16 seconds left, maybe even a little less than that, down one. And Geo Baker decided he was going to be the guy because he'd been the guy maybe before. Mm-hmm. And Ron Harper Jr. didn't touch the ball in the possession, and they turned it over. So uh, I don't know. Maybe give your best player the ball. That's just that's my thought. You're just a little you're a little stung by Rutgers' disappointment. Uh, after all, you had him in the Final Four, and now maybe it doesn't look that way. <laughs> well, I don't know that I'd projected a Final Four yet. Again, just making things up as you go. But no. It, like that was a, a chance for them to get another signature win, and Iowa got it instead. Speaking of the Final Four, news this morning, uh, Monday morning here in Champaign-Urbana, not far away, the whole NCAA tournament is going to play out in my home state, beautiful Indiana. Yeah, and, and mostly Indianapolis, although uh, Mackey Arena in West Lafayette and uh, the only assembly hall left in the Big Ten uh, in Bloomington are going to, I think, be used for early round games as well. But uh, Bankers Life Fieldhouse, uh, Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, Far- I keep trying to, I've lost the name, of IUPUI's home arena. They should have gone to places like Tiernan Center in Richmond and uh, Newcastle and Logansport, Muncie, Marion. Well, Great high school gyms. Well, one, Muncie might still... In the mix because Ball State's arena will be kind of used as an emergency backup. Okay. But I understand maybe you know, using these notable Indiana high school gyms, but like all these games will be televised and the places they're going to play are set up for that. There you go with that tone again. Well, I'm Richie. Just, I'm trying to bring facts to the podcast. What would Gene Hackman think? I think it'd be fun because sh- they're going to play at Hinkle. Okay. But Bank uh Indiana Farmers Coliseum, that's IUPUI home <laughs> arena. Of course it is. Um but yeah, so most of the games will be in Indianapolis. Great. And uh like all of the teams are gonna be housed in hotels that are connected via Skywalk, or at least most of the team majority of the teams, uh, to the Indiana Convention Center where mm-hmm. they're gonna have 
I think upwards of 20 courts set up for practice. That'll be the main practice facility. So in Indianapolis just works for this just because of kind of the logistics of, of it's all a great that. setup. Anybody who uh, with uh, volleyball players in their family know of the convention center setup. There is so much room in there. And uh, as you note, the skywalks give it kind of like a Minneapolis feel. Don't even have to go outside. No. And Although it's going to be beautiful in March. But part of that is just it's not quite the NBA bubble, but they're trying to keep it a controlled environment by you know, housing all the teams in those hotels next to the convention center and playing you know, mostly in Indianapolis with you know, a couple shorter trips to, to Mackey and Assembly Hall. All right. Uh, that has to be a positive, you'd think, for Illinois. If nothing else, then makes travel easy. Shoot, you could probably come back here at night. I mean, I think they'll stay if they right. keep winning in the quote-unquote bubble, bubble-adjacent type atmosphere. Uh, but it's just maybe fitting. You know, last year's Illinois season ended in Indianapolis with you know that practice at Hankel that's taken on you know, mythic proportions of how good Illinois looked before the Big Ten tournament was canceled. So maybe, you know, the season ends in Indianapolis again with, who knows what kind of NCAA tournament run? We'll see. Actually, I have to, you know, get a bid first, but that seems likely at this point. Thank you. It's not guaranteed. It just seems likely. I've learned in 2020 not to take anything for granted. Hmm. All right, uh, Lauren Tate in Sunday's News Gazette kind of tossed out an interesting question. He uh, went into it writing that Io could leave this campus as the best player of all time. At Illinois. This campus, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. At Illinois. Just saying. Okay, that's he's gonna leave, campus. He's going to leave campus We're not anyway. talking Parkland. And he's going to leave no campus No offense anyway. to the Cobras. Um, I mean, maybe. What do you and mean, it was maybe? An, it was an, well, it was an interesting column from Lauren because it's not – so cut and dried on who Illinois' best player is. They've had a lot of really good, he, really, really good players. He, uh, by reading it, he based his column on future dividends, basically. How and where you're picked in the NBA and how you fare in the NBA played a big role. In When I think of the best player in Illinois, I think of D. Brown. And so I'm using my judgment solely on college experience. Mm-hmm. So there's the criteria question. Yeah, because, I mean, D was consensus All-American, National Player of the Year. Four-year guy. How many NCAA tournament wins? Tons. Most popular Illinois basketball right. player ever. So I I kind of disagree with Lauren, but we're arguing a different point. Yeah, because I, mean, I think he, well, he went with maybe Darren Williams, who was mm-hmm. the number three overall pick, and then went on to have, you know, Decade plus long NBA career with a couple All Star appearances. Um, I mean, there's obviously so many different ways you can view it, and but the the fact that I mean, there's some programs where you can just immediately say that's the guy, and I don't know if you can do that with Illinois. Um, Bio, his name is in that conversation clearly, and I think the way the rest of this season plays out in terms of 
going to India, maybe putting a run together in the NCAA tournament. We'll go quite a ways in establishing his sort of mythos at Illinois. And then whatever happens in, you know, when he, he leaves Champaign. And I don't know, like mock drafts are not super kind to him right now. I mean, I've, I've seen maybe the highest, like, kind of end of the first round. And I think the way he's played this season maybe should be higher, but there's going to be a lot of 18- and 19-year-olds that will be drafted ahead of them because they're 18- to 19 years old. All right, uh, Kofi's name also late second round maybe. Um, again, the way he's kind of progressing, I, I find it hard to believe that he lasts that long. Um, saw a couple left-handed shots recently that kind of caught my eye. Yeah, He, he is developing. What's helped him is he's developing on the defensive end as well. Um, the Purdue game helped him in that regard because you know, Purdue likes to keep their big men around the basket. He didn't have to get out on the perimeter and guard. But he's shown that he can do some of that. Um, I think the Duke game was probably the best example because he got out and guarded Matthew Hurt, uh, Jalen Johnson on the perimeter, and fared okay. But teams, we remember, like, those early games, just kind of went at him and pick and rolls and, you know, made him a little vulnerable in those. But I still look at a guy like Udoka Azubuke from Kansas. He stayed at Kansas four years, and I doubt Kofi will stay at Illinois for four years, but became a guy that could not only defend in the paint but not be a liability when he got stretched to the perimeter. And he ended up getting drafted. I think, what, early second round, maybe? So, it's, I mean, if we're talking 15, 20 years ago, like, Kofi would have been a top 10 pick out of high school, maybe, just because teams wanted players that size and that physical, and that's not really the, the case as much anymore. All right, uh, I know you're wearing your James Augustine jersey here in the podcast booth, but I want to bring a little... I want to take you a little of your buzz away. All right. It's also not true. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, I wasn't like a huge own a jersey guy. You know, the, the two that I had that I, you know, maybe loved the most was Grant Hill Pistons. Okay. Um, and the kind of the, the old school, the red, red and blue, not the teal with the exhaust pipes coming out of the horse. Um, and then <laughs> it's your turn to go old school, aren't you? Yeah. And turn. then the other one was. Toronto Raptors, Damon Stoudemire jersey that had the, the Raptor on the front because okay. it was cool. Anyway, back to it. All right, free throws. What happened? Uh, you, uh, <laughs> I don't, it, it became comical during the game. Okay. I, I started laughing when they missed free throws because okay. like, they just couldn't. They weren't even. Some of those weren't even close. Brad Underwood said it was that three days they took off and the coaches couldn't be in the gym with them. But like the players got together at Ubin and went through you know, some workouts together. I assume they shot. So I, Were there some unruly cutouts behind the basket, maybe causing distractions? Well, no, like there, no distractions. Like it was. I mean, Kofi obviously had the toughest night. I mean, he missed all six of his, and you know his free throw shooting has gotten worse from his freshman year, like kind of considerably. Like Adam Miller missed multiple free throws. Demonte Williams missed a couple. I I don't know. I mean. They shot 40.9%, and the lowest before that this season was when they shot 60% at Missouri. Otherwise, they've been 
fairly consistent in the usually like kind of low seventies. So it was, I, I'll consider it an anomaly unless they go to Evanston on Thursday and toss up a bunch more bricks. Well, now I feel better. Thank you for talking me off the ledge. Yeah, it was. Cheap. It was. I mean, it was bad. Mm-hmm. I got nervous at a point. Like when, when the game was still close. Well, and to start the second half, where Purdue made right. it, I think it was a nineteen zero run with that three pointer at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. Like Illinois missed free throws in that span. Like could have halted a little momentum there, but they just didn't. All right, Thursday night, uh, Andre Carbello makes his first career start. No. Really? He, he won't. I just. That's what I read. Where did you read on that? Twitter? Oh yeah, because Twitter's full of people that, well, full of people that want Andre Carbello to start. Saw obviously. it on Facebook. That's even worse. I think someone snapped me. Said he's starting. I I really will be very surprised if he does. Mostly because Brad Underwood spent most of Saturday night saying how much he prefers to bring Andre Carbello off the bench, and also Andre Carbello saying that. He personally likes coming off the bench. So uh, I imagine the starting five will be the same starting five that's been in place the first 11 games of the season. All right, our weekly power poll. Last week, I think, you went to Io, Kofi, Curbelo. Mm-hmm. Same? Does Andre Miller, or does Adam Miller sneak back in there? I mean, no, not quite yet. I liked what, what he did on Saturday. We got a couple threes to fall, which was, I think, well, huge rim because he okay. missed. So you're saying the top three, your weekly power pulse uh, remains the same. Since it's a week-by-week thing, no. I like, no? Kofi's going to jump to the number one spot for a little bit. Let me get Io on the phone right now. <laughs> Go ahead, continue. No, and it's nothing you know, against Io. Assuming, obviously, he's still Illinois' best player, but since we do this on a week-by-week basis, Kofi was better against Purdue. I mean, I had a good first half. And then I think the thing was, like, Illinois didn't need him to be Io the hero against Purdue. Yeah. The second half of the second half, so to speak. Like, the game was – it was in hand. I don't know that there was a question that Illinois was going to win at at a certain point. So he didn't have to – Go ISO IO and score a bunch. And, you know, Demonte Williams stepped up, had a double double. Adam Miller stepped up, got a couple shots to fall. Andre Cabello played well. Kofi continued to play well except for his free throws. So for one week, Kofi can have the top spot. And I imagine when you ask me again next Monday, Iowa will have reclaimed his throne. All right. Apparently, free throw is not part of your power pull equation. No, just other than the fact right, that you should make just, them. Just checking. But, I mean, Kofi had his seventh double-double, and he played really good defense against Trevion Williams. And save for Williams then kind of getting going again against Georgie, like, it's the only reason he matched Kofi with 14 points. Like, all right. Kofi gonna, shut him down. Put you on the spot. Two Big Ten players on that all-Big Ten team? I mean, two Illinois players? Iowa and Kofi? Is there a spot? Is there room for two? It's a five-person team, correct? It is a five-person team. Okay. I know all your like, Rutgers guys. That have, you had four on there. Well, I had one. It was Ron Harper. Okay. So he's on there. Io's on there. Garza's on there. Garza's That's on four there. already if you're counting Kofi. 
Marcus Carr is on there. You got to. Marcus Carr is your your new Cassius Winston. Big Ten player you just hate. Despite the fact that they're, you know, good. Well, the the Gophers rescued Marcus Carr by getting good. Because you know my thoughts on good players on bad teams. It doesn't count. Well, so it didn't count last year, but it counts this year. Okay, so there's your five. You haven't even thought about any. Uh, I don't know that there's one like if you look at it, like, Indiana, not no, one, Purdue, no. There's not Ohio's, one Wisconsin guy. Maybe Franz Wagner, Wagner. He hasn't been as good, right? Like, maybe you're safe. Maybe it's the, those five. Yeah, I mean, and like just the sort of the idea with those teams, and it's like uh, it's kind of a guideline we get for the All American teams. It's like you put a team together that could maybe realistically play together. It's a pretty good team. And I think you could play Luca and Kofi together. Sure. Because, I mean, Garza can, can spread the floor a little bit. I got one for you. Related. Luca Garza not going to be a pro. True or false? Well, In America. Okay. Let's start with that. Maybe true. It's, I, it's crazy to think that, but it was brought to my attention over the weekend. Like, no way can this guy stay with NBA players. That's going to be his problem because he's a bit of a lumberer, <laughs> uh, and you know, defense. I mean, he'll he blocks some shots, but that's just more a virtue of he's tall, and not, not that he's uh, some terrific defensive player. So yeah, maybe he. I don't. Know, I think he'll get drafted in the second round. I mean. There's 60 picks, and sometimes you just take a flyer. Okay. But even if he doesn't have an NBA career, like he could go overseas next year and immediately get probably six-figure deal. And in that case, you're not paying for housing or transportation or food in most cases, and you'd be you'd do all right. All right, uh, well, the way the freshmen played on Saturday, as you wrote in Sunday's News Gazette, uh, has fans thinking a lot uh, better about next year, even if Kofi and Io depart as expected. Yeah, and, I mean, to see Adam Miller maybe get back on track a little bit, I mean, the game did not start with his best moment. Uh, Purdue's first possession, uh, he left Sasha Stevanovich wide open in the corner there was some sort of miscommunication there. Uh, but when you do that, Savanovich will hit a three-pointer, and he did. Uh, but he got better as the game progressed. Andre Corbello is – if it wasn't for Hunter Dickinson in Michigan, I think Andre Corbello is the Big Ten freshman of the year. Like an mm-hmm. argument can be made, at least right now. Um, and then Coleman Hawkins, he didn't play a ton, but he played well in his minutes. And he had got those – Got that playing time because he had, you know, practiced well leading up to that, and I mean, there's the potential there. He got a three to fall his first career, so uh, got an offensive rebound, and he did things he needs to do, which is those two things. All right, uh, every morning six a.m. AlanaHQ.com. Scott Ritchie writes about basketball. Uh, any data diving you want to do before I let you out of the podcast booth? Make you feel better about yourself. Uh, maybe gather some self momentum. Well, I think it was one data point from the Purdue game. And it was the fact that 
Illinois won by what eight mm-hmm. and covered. I do. It was close. I think they shocking. They Purdue maybe missed a late free throw, the, and Illinois got the cover. But that's that wasn't exactly those the data point I was going to mention. <laughs> worthwhile, Should. worthwhile one though. In case, I, except uh, hopefully you're not doing betting on that in the state of Illinois because it would be illegal. Still, that is which is kind of dumb. But let's. My new habit while you continue to search for your data is these games that are not close, except with the betting line. It's amazing how many games come down to the last what seemingly is a meaningless possession yeah. where I you're just, screaming at somebody who's dribbling the timeout when you need them to score. I just remember one game last year where I think Zach Griffith made a free throw <laughs> and the Illinois covered, and like it was like the last 12 seconds of the game. That was pretty great. But anyway, the one data point I want to mention, in an eight-point game, Andre Corbello was a plus 23. So Illinois was 23 points better in that game when he was on the court, which is sort of astounding. And it was double his next closest teammate. It was Coleman Hawkins, who was plus 11. Andre Cabello just has been very good. And the fact that you know he's playing, I think, last three games, like 28-ish minutes per game, and he's sitting on the court now because he's not fouling as much. He's got a great assist-to-turnover ratio. He has become sort of vital to Illinois' success. And he'll still come off the bench at Northwestern. Hmm. Team player that he is, right? Brad Underwood's still in a good mood. Is that safe to say? Scotty, before I let you go. Yeah, there are some moments where he was not thrilled in the Purdue game. But, uh, yeah, on a three-game winning streak, top 12 team in the country. Okay. And not a whole lot of reason to be upset. Can you hear him? You're in an empty arena at State Farm Center, up in the B section. Yes. All right. How's his language? I mean, I don't have any qualms with it. The FCC might. Well, I understand the referees have, or the commissioners might have hinted, many commissioners have hinted to their coaches, hey, we can really hear you now. <laughs> so watch what you say. Yeah. Um. The moment Saturday against Purdue was with Orlando Antigua and Kofi Coburn where he um, asked in maybe a not-so-nice manner for Kofi to run the floor a little harder. Okay. Some colorful language in there. Kind of like our pre-podcast talks every Monday morning. They get a little colorful. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Things get heated, but uh, we march on. All right, follow along. Scott Ritchie from Evanston Thursday night. Uh, should be interesting. It's a W, by the way, despite Richie's ranking of the Wildcats. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, a... still had them below Illinois. Okay. Several spots. All right. Hey, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next Monday.